feel after a couple of glass of bubbles? You're confident, you're self-assured, and you're ready to take on the world? Imagine if you had the strength and awareness to do that when the buzz wears off. I'm Heidi Anderson, author, former radio host, and CEO of my own company, and this podcast is about building your confidence by stepping outside your comfort zone. Welcome to Champagne Confidence. Today's episode is going to be a really powerful conversation and I I don't want you to switch off if you're wondering what talking about abortions and what's going on in the US has to do with champagne confidence. Now, the reason why I'm so passionate about this conversation is because I still feel a sense of shame around my abortion that I had when I was 21, which I'm going to delve into in this episode. Um, but I know I want to get to a place where I can confidently talk about this and be vulnerable and share my truth and what I went through as a woman and why this is such an important conversation for us to have right now because women have, uh, it feels like we've gone back to the 1920s. Um, They've had their rights taken away from them in the US. And so I've got One of my friends, we met through social media, her name is Jocelyn and she is a miscarriage and abortion coach. And I think, like I said, this conversation is so important to have today, whether you've had an abortion, whether you believe in it or not, um, you know, whether you've had a miscarriage or whether you're a man and you're listening to this podcast, man, woman, whatever you identify with, I think we as humankind need to talk about this. And um, as Jocelyn said, it's not going to be a rant. Um, because that can that can turn a lot of people off. It's going to be a conversation where we want you to be open-minded and we would love for you to share your stories with us as well. So welcome. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's so beautiful to be here. And I just, I feel so honoured to start sharing my story with your community, but also to to really educate people. And it's not just about the people that have experienced an abortion. It might be your loved one or it might be a friend. It might be a stranger, whoever it is. It's about supporting and loving them through that space because this changes in the US has brought up so much here in Australia, but so much globally, so much for every single person in this world. You work with women daily on this. You Mm. have been through it. So before we get into actually diving into our stories, why this is an important conversation, can you just let everyone know? Because, I mean, I had been living under a rock for some time. I don't really follow news anymore. Um, It is something that can trigger me at times and I choose to um, switch off because of certain narratives. And like I said, I was in the (laughs) media for so long. So when I saw that this had happened on Saturday morning, I couldn't stop crying. Can you please just fill us in on what has actually happened in the US? Sure. Um, I just want to say as well, you're not alone in that. I literally woke up and I saw the news and I just burst into tears and I had this, this wave of shame and guilt and just pain, not only for myself, but also my clients and stuff. So you're not alone with feeling that. And, and the amount of people that have messaged me being like, oh my goodness, did I make a mistake? And having to really give them some more love and support mm-hmm. because what this has done is it has brought on this whole nother layer of stigma and guilt. So essentially what has happened in the US without going into too much detail is there was previously a law in place called Roe versus Wade and it was a constitutional right to access abortions. And so what this meant is that it was sort of across the country where 
Now, with that being overturned, it means that it's a state-by-state decision. So when this started, these conversations sort of started happening in the Supreme Court, certain states already started passing legislation stating that they wouldn't allow abortion or they would only allow abortion up to six weeks or up to eight weeks or whatever they might be. And I just want to kind of use this point as an educational point that Six weeks, I know that sounds like a long time, um, but it's not when realistically your pregnancy is counted from your last period. So for the first two weeks, you are technically just having a normal period life and then, you know, there's conception and then you'll have another two weeks and then you might find out. And so I guess to add this personal side of my story is I found out at five and a half weeks. And so one reason for me why I think I was so distraught really on Saturday was I allowed myself a week to make a decision and then I still had another two weeks until my clinic date. But I had this moment of what would I have done if I didn't have that time, you know, and most of my clients and most people tend to find out between that five and seven week mark. So you know, there's states that are going to bring in laws or have already brought in laws that are only allowing abortion up to six weeks. Again, you only got like two weeks to make a decision there. Um, some states are eight weeks, some are complete bans. So it's really different state by state. But what that is going to mean is for the US as a collective is that we're going to have more backyard abortions. We're going to have more unsafe abortions, which means that we are going to have more women that are going to be either getting really unwell and really sick or having, um, you know, having ending in death. We know that these backyard abortions have ended in death. We're going to have more babies born into this world that are not able to be looked after and loved and cared for in the way that we know that we want to. When we make something illegal, we naturally bring this sting to it you know because um it's just this whole this whole thing of like oh but that's not allowed so um I actually had someone reach out to me and they um it was was on Sunday or Monday and they reached out to me and they said they were like um hey I just want to give you some advice I kind of want to put in brackets here unsolicited advice but that's fine um Solicited uh, so advice, um, maybe if you use the word termination instead of abortion, you might have a bigger reach and such. And I really sat there and I went back to the fact that when I created my business and when I stepped into this space, I always wanted to use the word abortion. Mm. And the reason for that is not because it's this, it's a heavy word. It's a word that comes with so much guilt, so much stigma, so much shame. And I went, well, my mission is to get rid of that. My mission is to make it a dinner table conversation. So I don't want to not use that word because the more we use that word, the more we feel comfortable with it. Agree. And, you know, I think it also comes down to the individual. So people, you know, you might be listening to this podcast and you might be triggered by just the word abortion, Um, you know, and I've got friends who choose to call it a termination as well. And so I think it comes down to the individual. Um, But also, like you said, that is 
your choice and this is how, you know, this this is who you are presenting yourself as on social media as an abortion and miscarriage coach. And, you know, and so why not use the word? Absolutely. And I want to just give some people, because some people still don't like the word termination. So some other words that I've had clients used or we've worked into our vocabulary and I always use whichever language they prefer is a release. So a release is a really nice one that we can use as well. Or um, a rebirth is another one that people will sometimes use and a voluntary miscarriage. So, you know, finding the language that's going to love and support you, but recognising that we know that some of these words carry heaviness. And so that's maybe where we need to release some shame or guilt or whatever that might be. Mm, This is why this conversation is so important. Even I have butterflies in my stomach right now thinking about, oh, there might be people that might message me after this conversation. They might not like me because I've been through this, Uh, you know, and and this is that shame and stigma that I want to, I want to confidently talk about mine. And I want to tell you my story because I believe that the only way that we can change what is going on in the US and also how we're affected here in Australia is by having these conversations and being open and, you know, honest about it. But yeah, I'm starting to get like the butterflies in my stomach. Absolutely. It's completely normal. And it's also this thing of, you don't have to share. I want to say this to everyone who's listening here that's had an abortion and going, I don't want to share it on social media. You don't have to. Your sharing might be sharing with your family or your friends or it might be sharing with that one person that you go to a women's circle with and they share it and you go up to them and give them a hug and say, me too, you're not alone. You don't have to share on this huge platform and all of those things because sometimes it's not those conversations that have the most impact and the way that you share is going to look different to the way that I share. I also want to say right here is, you know, we sort of mentioned at the start, I hate doing rants mm. and I hate at the moment it's, uh, it's quite tricky on social media because everyone's talking about it. But my thing is like I am here to educate and help people along that journey. If you have a different opinion to me and you're going to rant at me, I'm actually not going to engage. And the big reason for that is because I go, why would I give my energy to you when I can give my energy to someone that needs some love and support right now? And so be conscious of that as well. Sharing with every single person on this planet is not the right, is not going to help. Um, I come from a very Catholic family. And so certain family members, they just think I'm a life coach. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I think they do know in the back of their head, but they just felt like, they're just like, oh, whatever, mm-hmm. which is more than fine because I sit there and I go, if you're not ready for that, I'm not going to waste my time and energy. I would rather love and support people and educate in a different space. Mm. And I think it it does. It comes down to different people have different beliefs. They have different values. We have, you know, we all Mm -hmm. come from different backgrounds and we've all been um, brought up different ways. But this as a collective is such an important moment in history and it feels really fucking shit that we're here because, it does feel like we're going backwards. And I remember having this conversation on my breakfast radio show maybe five years ago when Trump, I think there was things Mm. going on in the US then and, you know, I think there was legislations that were being passed and there was conversations that needed to be heard then and I remember looking up 
um because we're we're recording this podcast both of us are here in perth western australia and i remember looking up the laws and we have the toughest abortion laws here in yep. western australia so we only got i just want to this yeah, because I will round it out. <laughs> I think people would be interested, like how, why, why are we having this conversation? We're here in Perth, and West Australia. Why is this conversation important? What, what is going on here? Yeah. That, you know, I just want to bring this point in. So, WA was the last state to have safe access zones. So, safe access zones means that protesters have to be a distance away from the abortion clinic. So, when I went to my abortion back in 2020, it was a rainy day. Um, my partner at the time pulled into the parking lot and as we were driving in, there's this, all these protesters standing there with signs and things like that. And it, again, it's just that another layer. It's that another layer of that shame and that guilt and that pain that's added on to this experience. But in August 2021, WA finally brought in the safe access zones, which is incredible. We can also have so in Australia, we so in WA, we can have abortions up till 20 weeks. Um, but after that, you have to go through a board and have six people approve that you can have an abortion. Six people that you have to justify and explain the reason why, you know. And that to me is just frightening, you know. Mm. It, it's absolutely frightening and you know, it's this whole this whole process that someone has to go through. Um, Can you, let's talk a little bit about why are the reasons that women have abortions, yeah. terminations, um, especially and up to, you know, 20, I think I just read Gabby Bernstein, um, you know, she shared hers. She's a spiritual meditation teacher in the US, uh, an incredible healer, and she had an abortion at five and a half months because, mm -hmm she was pretty much faced with that she was going to die if she kept carrying this baby. Um, there was a lot of stuff going on. So there was a medical reason. And that's what I think is important because a lot of people don't know this. They just, they, they don't hear or understand or, or have even been educated yeah. on why women are having these abortions and, and, and the times and stuff like that. So yeah. I'd love to delve into so, that. Yeah. So we can, you can have an abortion I always say for any reason. So whether that be your mental health and physical health, financial reasons, you know, um, I've worked with clients who've been raped. I've worked with clients who have had domestic violence, having people who have had one night stands and fallen pregnant, people who've been pregnant after their, you know, their partner and them split up. It's, it's all these different scenarios. But, you know, after 20 weeks is when you can sometimes get that genetic testing done. And so you might find out that the baby is unwell um, or has a disability and that might not be something that you want to take on as a parent and that's okay. Um, but it's also can be impacting on you. So if you are having, you know, I had a client actually in the US and she hurt her knee and so her doctors were like, you can't have this baby, you know, because of her medical reasons. And so this is part of the balance of looking at, you know, it's not all about the baby. It's also about the mum, you know, and I, and I read this sign actually when I was at the protest on um, Monday and it was like, I am not your incubator. And I thought about it and I was like, there is sometimes an element of that, you know, we can, it can feel like we're just, women are here to produce and that's it. But we do get a choice in that. So it's really a variety of reasons, but those medical reasons can sometimes, you not get those results until after 20 weeks. 
you know, mm, or and I, I you might not get well. And, you know, we know that in the past where there hasn't been um, abortion access, we know that there is higher postnatal depression. There is higher mental health issues. We have bigger impacts on our low socioeconomic and our working class people because some people are going to have to travel. And we have that here in Australia as well. I just want to bring it back home to Australia in terms of we have politicians who don't want to allow access to abortions. We have, we have minimal clinics in our rural communities. So if you're living in a rural community or away from a major city, you are more likely to have to have a medical abortion, which is a two-tablet process, and have to do it at home so you're not always loved and supported in the same way. Um, but you only have up until nine weeks for most states, where if you're in a major city, you can go to a clinic and things like that. So our access is really limited. We have a lot of doctors who aren't trained in how to provide those medical abortions, Um it's fascinating to when you start to look at all these things and you go, it's very easy to look at the US and go, wow, they're so backwards. But we still have a long way to go here in Australia, mm. a long way to go. Yeah, and I think that's, so, you know, why I, I want to talk about this now and, and and do it with confidence and, you know, be able to share. If you're going through something right now, I want you to be able to to share that with confidence. I know, I know so many women who have um, terminated at 20 weeks for all different reasons. One of my really, really good friends, um, she now, I'd love to introduce you to her. Jocelyn, she has an incredible business where they create gift boxes for grieving mums who have oh, lost their um, babies through miscarriage or termination or whatever, but just for, for grieving mums. So, because people are always like, oh, what do I give? A, you know, mm-hmm. and she had to because there was, there was, um, heart stuff going on with her beautiful little girl. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's just so many reasons that we don't understand it. And it's actually very common. Um, so for me, I. One in four. One, one in four. four. One in four people have a miscarriage and one in four people have an abortion. Now, this is where I like, I always with this statistic, I always jump in here and go one in four. And then let's just remind everyone that everyone has family members and partners and friends. And so I always believe that it's a community that supports and loves you and it's a community that supports and grieves with you. So if you've got one in four people having a miscarriage or an abortion, uh, sorry, and an abortion, and then you've got their partners, you start to see this statistic going, this is everyone. Mm, Everyone is involved in this space. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I said, I I know so many women and I know women who really want to speak openly about it. I know other women who, you know, we've spoke about it in a, in a closed off group and that's enough for them to share. And then I know other women who are sitting there right now who have never told a soul, maybe not even their partners. And I just want you to know that you aren't alone. And I know for me, I felt like I had to justify it with, um, for years, you know, I'm 38. I had my first child, Memphis, at 35, and that brought up a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. I went through when I was 20, 21. I can't remember if I was 20, 21, but um, I did choose to terminate because of medical reasons, but I was also a fucking baby myself. And mm-hmm. I also had um, a, a boyfriend at the time, and we were not ready for a child, you know. And I know for me, like when 
I didn't find out till quite late. I think I was um, 11, 12 weeks and I had had an operation. I had my period. I was taking a lot of drugs, drinking a lot, um, partying hard. And I also had uh, x-rays and all of these things. And I remember my doctor sitting me down when I found out and he was like, look, I am telling you, I don't tell people that this is what they should do. He's like, but I am telling you this is what you should do. You should do. Because, you know, and like trying to make that decision when my mum was against it and mm. I felt the shame from her. My dad's mum, she took her own life when my dad was a little baby boy and they reckoned that it was because of the abortion that she had years before that she didn't get support with. And so there was all this shame and stigma, but I was open about what I was going through. And so the doctor actually really supported me. And my boyfriend, we were just so young and so immature. And, you know, I remember the conversations we had with his family and stuff, and that was what we chose to do. And it was the most tough day of my life. And I remember seeing um, a protester, just one protester, and I wasn't expecting that actually. No one had really talked to me about that. I was 20, 21. We're driven from Bathurst. It's something that people forget. It's, yeah. it's actually a thing that people tend to forget to tell. So whenever I work with clients beforehand, I always say, just prepare yourself. Like you may see this. Yeah. And like, I remember it was just one lady, but we'd driven from Bathurst to Sydney and it was three hours drive. I remember getting there, just driving a little Mitsubishi Mirage at the time. And I was (laughs) driving because he was just only got his license. So do you know what I mean? Just even that in itself. Like, I just think this poor fucking young girl now, if I look back, Mm. was like trying to control her whole life and was going through one of these, you know, scariest, most frightening, vulnerable days of her life. And I pulled up and I remember the lady standing out in the front. She started saying stuff to us and I was like, what is happening? And then I got into the clinic and they gave me the tablets and they said, once you take these tablets, we can't let you out those doors because Mm -hmm. you will have a miscarriage on the street. And when they took me in, they actually told me that I was a little bit further along than what they thought um, and that there was definitely, this was the best choice that I had made. Like they were just really reaffirming it. But I remember standing in the mirror and I will never forget this in the gown, partner, boyfriend's out the front. And I never felt so alone. And I looked in that mirror and I was like, how the fuck did you get here? Like how, what is happening? You know? And I then went in and I remember laying on the bed and the anesthetist at the time, cause it was like the twilight that I got. Um, I cried and cried and cried my eyes out mm-hmm. to him. And he just held my hand, this old man, And then I woke up and I remember sitting in the waiting room and you could feel the shame of these women. Like no one wanted to look at each other. It was women of all different ages. And I still can see that day clear as day. And yes, there are times that I've regretted it. Yes, there are times that I'm like, oh, should we have had that baby? What if this, that? And there was medical, like huge, like I listed off the things that I did, but like I said, I still feel like I have to justify that. Do you know what I mean? And just to even, like I said, when I had Memphis seeing the timeline of him, cause I found out quite early with him and seeing him develop, you know, it did bring up different feelings mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, I have worked a lot through it, but the reason why I want to talk about this is because, you know, I had that choice. I had that choice to go and, you know, and, and make that really big fucking life-changing decision. 
And, you know, I'm thankful that I was able to do that. And that you were supported by the medical, like the medical system to do that. Yeah. That's not always everyone's scenario. And it's, it is a really big decision, you know, whichever way you go, whether you go through with a pregnancy or whether you don't go through with a pregnancy. And I, I resonate so much with that story and thank you so much for sharing as well because it's such, mm. it's so hard. Like I, I think sometimes I, I forget because I just talk about it all the time. Yeah, um, I feel like a bit, you know, another vulnerable side of me. And I have spoke about it on my podcast and Instagram, like my old podcast, old radio shows mm-hmm. and all that. But, you know, to people here that might have just been tuning into this new podcast for the first time, like, you know, I feel I don't want to have shame, but I feel a sense of shame. Will they still like me? What are they going to think, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing and standing with me. I love it. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I resonate so much. I remember like in terms of having that vivid moment and I think every single one of my clients has one moment that they remember of of the day, like just this one moment. I can tell you the date. I can tell you the time. Like I can tell you every little bit of detail. Um, But I remember, you know, I went in and I I was lying on the table and I was um, like, count you know just before they start counting down for the twilight and I started crying and the nurse just was like it's okay sweetie and I just that was like the last words that I remember hearing and then I remember waking up and I was in like the recovery room but you're so I couldn't have and this is seems to be a general consensus and when I've spoken with clinics and stuff you're not allowed to have your partner come through with you and the big reason before that is so sometimes people ask me and they feel really alone in that and I and I really understand and experience that with them but that not everyone's partner is safe and so that is the reason why that partner or that support person can't come through um so I just want to kind of what do you mean by safe in terms of domestic violence or oh got you got you got you because yeah. I was like safe are we talking COVID no, no, these sorry. days or no 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 domestic violence no of so course they wanna, I didn't they, even, all the doctors yeah. yeah all the doctors want to make sure is that you're making that decision for you yeah not being coaxed into yeah. it but I remember waking up in the next in the recovery room and I met, my most vivid thing was that I had my knickers so I had my knickers like halfway up my leg um and I remember it was in that moment that I just burst into tears because I felt not only this shame and this guilt and this pain, but I felt violated. I actually felt violated because it was this thing of, oh my God, like I, I have done this and I've, I'm not even dressed yet. Like I'm not even, Mm. you know, this is, this is still happening. Um, And it can take a long time to heal those wounds let alone the wounds of going through that and you know I also had a miscarriage when I was 17 so when I had my abortion it brought up all of that you know and I know that when I have kids going forward in the future that again those wounds are going to come back up a little bit and I'm going to have to sit and love them and and give that version of myself that girl back there so much love because it is a really tough decision and it's a decision of making the choice between you and the possibility, you know, and it can be hard, really, really hard. Oh, so incredibly tough. And, you know, I just can't even imagine not being able to make that decision safely, 
you know what I mean? And to think you've got to cross a border and you've got to go into yeah. another place and then you might have to pay for accommodation or, you know, it's, and it's all the those, it's all the, the layers. When, Logistics. Yeah. And I just, it's like, it's your body. That's just what, yeah. you know, I just, that's what I just can't get my head around. The impact that can happen if we don't have this access is that we are going to have more people, whether that be men, women, transgender, non-binary, have babies or put themselves at risk because they don't get that choice anymore. It's amazing to see how this is usually such a pivotal point in someone's life going through an abortion or a miscarriage and yet the support that we have for that is so minimal mm. you know it's it's I remember it was four months later I went back to my doctors and I was like not sleeping I was struggling to eat I was just really not doing well and she was like hmm maybe we'll go see a psychologist maybe this has something to do with the abortion and I'm like it had everything to do with the abortion it's not something that people go into usually and they have the procedure and then they leave. Even if it is, there is this relief for them, there is still all that pain to process. There is still all those what-ifs. I still have those what-ifs. You know, this time two years ago I would have been pregnant, you know, and I've still had days where I've been like, wow, you know, this time two years ago I was pregnant, which means I would have had an 18-month-old what would that my life look like? But instead of those what-ifs draining me, they actually go, I go, huh, interesting. How do I get to live my best life now? How do I get to live in honour of her now? How do I get to support women in this space now? Mm, and I think that is what we need and that is why I wanted to get you on to have this conversation because, you know, you are an abortion and miscarriage um, support coach. Before we wrap things up, I would love to know, you mentioned something before we started recording and then you were talking about, you know, family conversations and stuff like that. We'll, we'll chuck it in the show notes, but you did write a blog on this and you actually got messaged by your two brothers who said, you know, talking about what's going on in the US and, um, you know, you've written your own blog about this. What did you write for them to message you and say, oh, I didn't even think about it from that perspective? Um, well, for both of them, like they they were both like, oh, we thought that you just kind of were over it. And I had to, I just want to point out, one of my brothers is 18 and one of them is 30. Oh, so, so like, they're, they're, they're yeah, evolving. They're evolving. They're evolving. They're still evolving. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I was like, well, no, I don't live in shame and guilt anymore. And I said, but I still have moments of it. There's still moments where I have to catch myself and bring myself back. But the one thing that, well, one point that my brother brought out was he was like, the point where you said, I didn't want to, you know, I want to make it a dinner table conversation, not a debate. And he said to me, he was like, I didn't realize that sometimes when we ask questions, it's almost like they're triggered, you know, mm. because then that person has to justify. And I was like, yeah. And so I'm very grateful. You know, I'm very close with both of my brothers. And so we were able to have that conversation. And um, I felt very loved and supported by both of them. But the fact that we can actually just sit across from someone and just listen, we don't have to agree with them. You know, we don't have to 
like I've sat across from someone who is pro-life, absolutely pro-life through and through, you know, um, she's wearing a shirt that says pro-life. I'm wearing a shirt that says pro-abortion. And we've just had a conversation and I listened to her perspective and being like, okay, but these are the reasons why I'm my perspective. And this is going to sound weird, but it was a nice conversation because we were educating on each other's sides and going, hey, this is why I stand where I stand. And that's okay. Um, You know, and I, and I actually end up saying to her and with so much love, I was like, let's just leave religion out of this conversation though. I said, let's just leave that side out of this conversation. And she was just like, yeah, I'm just against it, whether there's religion or not. And I was like, amazing, cool. I love that for you. I am not, you know, and and we could actually have this beautiful conversation. Um, The other point in in my blog that my brothers brought out was the fact that, you know, he was like, I didn't realize that politicians still don't want it Mm. and I was like yes and so you know then I was able to talk them through all of the you know the legal side of things and how you know WA doesn't have certain access and you know Queensland has this access and that access and all of those things I'm going to send you a link um so you can pop it in the show notes as well Marie Stropes has just made like a fantastic resource that's like a checklist yeah and it's awesome because it tells you what states have what and when you see that visually it's like whoa we have a long way to go Mm, yeah because what is what is it that we need to from here like where do we go from here what does it mean for us what can we do what can we do (laughs) like and you know and I would love for um you know to if you're feeling that you need the support please reach out to Jocelyn um what is your Instagram as well jocelyn.coaching jocelyn.coaching um yeah so where to from here sure so my first thing is always share your story with those who you feel comfortable and confident with but that also means listening to someone else's story potentially and feeling comfortable with theirs so you know if you know that you're going to go and share your story with someone then making sure you fill up your cup for beforehand making sure that, you know, you maybe go for a walk or, you know, you have a cup of tea or look after yourself so that you're going in there going, I know who I am and I have the confidence to share my story. Um, And when we're listening to someone else's story, listening it from their eyes, listening to it from love and support and not judgment and not trying to fix the problem. You know, we live in a world where everyone wants to fix everyone's frigging problems and I'm like, just shut up and listen. Like, literally, <laughs> sometimes the best thing you can do is just listen, you know. I have this, I'm going to tell you one quick story. I had this one client who jumped on the call with me. I'm not even kidding me. She cried for 45 minutes and I think I said maybe 50 words and I just listened. And the next day she was like, I feel like a new woman. And I was like, yep, because you just had someone listen to the layers and layers and layers. You know, even creating this podcast like I'll be so honest with you like you know you want to jump in at times and you want to say things and you want to do this but I've had to really practice active listening especially when I get guests on because I get so excited and you know and it's something that I'm having these conversations with Griffo in my relationship about like communication that's the biggest thing just let's hear each other instead of like trying to add here or this or that and you know so for a great 
place for people to start with this conversation is maybe I always used to say give headlines like when you know when I was you know I don't actually need anything I just want to talk to you I or I need a cuddle or I need your advice and then I'm going to tell you what's happening and so that is you know (laughs) that could be how you want to you know um go about this conversation yeah absolutely um, my next thing is showing support. So sharing content, sharing whether it be mine or sharing this podcast or sharing, you know, um, reputable sources. Um, I have seen over the last little while some some misinformation that's gone out there. So please just try and make sure that whatever you're sharing is the right information and from a reputable source. And if you're not sure, send it to me and I will either know yes or no that that's correct um, or I'm more than happy to go and fact check it for you because if you've found it to be an amazing resource, then I have no doubt that someone else will as well. Mm, And I would love to drop some in the uh, show notes as well. That would be awesome if you can send me those. Absolutely. My next big thing is make sure when you vote that you're voting in line with the right, with the way that you support. So we do have politicians here in Australia. And if you're in the US, obviously vote in the correct um, area for your states, but making sure that your voting aligns with what your beliefs are, you know, and sitting down and maybe even asking your local member of parliament, hey, what do you support? How are you making changes? How are you making this better for women and and men and our support around us? And my other big thing, which I've sort of touched on, is you don't have to have the debate. You can walk away. You can have an education point and go, okay, cool, and walk away and go, I don't need to put my energy into this because right now, instead of putting my energy here, I would rather put my energy into sharing some information that I love or into supporting someone, you know, and One thing that is fascinating is when you open these conversations, you will be amazed at who will come and talk to you. Mm. I have had the privilege of having a woman who was, um, you know, 60s, 70s, and she shared her up about her abortion story that she had when she was 16. She hadn't shared her story for over 50. Her husband didn't know. Nobody knew about this story. And so when you open that dialogue you are making an impact. Mm. When you open that dialogue, whether you've had an abortion or not had an abortion, it opens an opportunity for someone to share theirs or for someone to say, hey, actually, that does make me feel a bit uncomfortable. Why is that? Where am I already, you know, haven't potentially haven't had one, where am I carrying shame and guilt and tabooness around this subject even though it hasn't directly impacted me? Where can I get let go of that so that when I walk into my next conversation with someone, I'm coming with love and I'm coming with support? Mm, thank you so much. I just oh, love what you're, you know, what you're doing because, you know, I can imagine like there, you know, it's scary enough to tell our own stories, but to put yourself out there like you're putting yourself out there every day on social media, uh, social media, <laughs> social media. <laughs> every day on social media, you know, you really are putting yourself out there for the greater good of women and men as well. So, yeah, thank you so much, Jocelyn. We'll drop all of the notes, um, you know, all of the links and Jocelyn's Instagram in show notes. Um, But thank you and continue to do the amazing work that you do. Oh, thank you so much, Heidi. It was such a privilege. 
Thank you so much for listening to Champagne Confidence today. The only way we're going to unleash inner champagne confidence in other people around the world is by you getting around the show. So if you are loving it, I would be so grateful if you could hit follow on whatever podcast app you're listening to and leave us a review. It would mean the absolute world. And please come and introduce yourself. I hang out mainly on Instagram at underscore Heidi Anderson. Love you lots.